Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. Uh, and this morning, as my wife noted, is December 1. So Merry Christmas, right? Christmas season is here. Whether you like it or whether you're not, it's here. Uh, and the title of my message this morning is uh, The Spirit of Christmas Future. Right, the spirit of Christmas future, and uh, I'm not sure if you've realised this, but in in our country in Australia, and probably likewise in a lot of Western countries around the world, even for people that don't believe in God uh, or people that don't, uh, you know, call themselves Christians, a large part of our society still recognises uh, and understands you know, terms from the Bible. Have you realized that? Especially probably, I would say probably, you know, the adults. You know, if you're 40 plus, it's probably pretty usual for you to meet someone that doesn't call themselves Christian, and yet they still know basic things about the Bible. You know, they know the Christmas story, they know about Easter. And uh, I was just thinking about it this week, that, you know, what what am I going to speak about in regards to Christmas And the Holy Spirit just said to me, I think it's really important for not just everyone here, but also for the community to understand that, you know, Christmas isn't just about uh, the birth of Jesus, but it's actually the story of Jesus, right? Like the world knows, the society knows that, you know, Christmas is the time that Jesus was born and Easter is the time that Jesus died, but it's also the time that Jesus came back to life, right? And Jesus didn't, you know, Jesus wasn't just born and then disappear, right? He he grew up to be a man, he grew up to be a minister, right? He was killed, he came back to life, he still lives and he's coming back one day, all right? So this morning, this is uh, at least what I feel is quite an unconventional uh, Christmas message, but we're going to look at the story of Jesus uh, right through the book and I want to, I actually want to look at the, the, some of the final pieces in the story and, and so as we, as we talk about Christmas, I really, was thinking, uh, I was in church last Sunday, we did a theme last month, which was uh, called Moving Into the Future, and if you miss any of them, you can always grab our podcast, I pray that you guys were inspired, that you were uh, equipped about what God is doing in your life, but I just felt so strongly that we needed to let everyone know that at this time of year, at Christmas, when we, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, that we also need to know the end of the story. Does that make sense? We need to actually understand the fact that, you know, Jesus was there in the beginning. He was there in Genesis, right? He's right throughout the Bible. Uh, at this time in Christmas, we read the Christmas story and Jesus was born. Uh, then we go through and read the Gospels and see that Jesus was killed, that he came back to life. And then we read through, a lot of people like to stop there, but the truth is we read through to the book of Revelation and see that Jesus comes back, Right? And uh, I think for a lot of people, that might be a bit of a shock to the system. But the truth is that, you know, this is the Bible. The Bible doesn't stop at the Gospels. Uh, It doesn't stop at the letters of the Apostles. The Bible goes from Genesis to Revelation. And we find Jesus right throughout the Bible. We find him in Genesis. Uh, We find him right throughout the Old Testament. We find him in the Gospels. We find him in the Apostles. And we find him uh, in the book of Revelation. And so I don't want to shy away from that. And so, hence uh, the title of my message, The Spirit of Christmas Future. Now, uh, when it comes to Christmas traditions, 
there's a few things that happen in, in our household. Uh, one of the things that we like to do is we like to watch Christmas films, okay? So, uh, you know, quintessential Christmas movies. So I think we're up to uh, Home Alone. So, you know, like serious, real serious Christmas film, Home Alone. Uh, you know, Elf is a good one. What else, what else were you thinking of today? Oh, Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. I love Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? That's just a, it's just a confession, you know. It's a terrible movie, but it's a Christmas movie, and it's got Arnie in it, so I'll watch it. Uh, you know, when the kids go to bed, we'll watch Die Hard, because uh, it's a Christmas film as well, uh, just in case you wondered, right? Right, let's not confuse that, let's not get that out. But that's one of the things that we do. And inevitably every Christmas, uh, one of the films that we sit down and watch is uh, A Muppet's Christmas Carol. Has anyone seen The Muppet's Christmas Carol? You know, is anyone here? Great movie, exactly right, amen. Is it, and I'm assuming if you don't watch The Muppet's Christmas Carol, you probably know the story. And, and one of the things that stands out to me in that film is, it kind of grinds me a little bit, but the... The connotation, you know, there's the spirit of Christmas past, the spirit of Christmas uh, present and, the, and Christmas future. And the Christmas future guy is real dark, right? And I don't know where that came from. I don't know where they got the concept from. But I got a real problem with the idea that the spirit of Jesus yet to come is really negative, Okay. It's actually not in the Bible. Like I said, Jesus is in the Bible from Genesis right through to Revelation. And there's some fundamental truths about God that we need to understand. One is that he is the whole way through the Bible. He will exist uh, after Revelation finishes and we live in heaven with, with God. Uh, he's real and he's good, right? Jesus didn't somehow go bad in the Old Testament and then become a good guy in the Gospels, all right? Just to clear that up, right? God's good in... Genesis, he's good through the whole Old Testament. Uh, we find him, we, we meet him in the, in the New Testament, in the Gospels. Uh, God's good, Jesus is good in the New Testament, and he's good in the book of Revelation. And so this morning I really want to, I suppose, dispel the myth that there's some bad stuff coming. Because the truth is, through all the challenges in life, we have a bright future ahead of us. Okay? And that's why I'm talking about the spirit of Christmas future because the plan that God has for you yet to come is good okay the the things that God has in store for you are good and so I want to take a look at it this morning we're going to start in Luke chapter 1 verse 26 and this is really the core of you know the Christmas message okay you know the Christmas nativity scene and so we kick it off it says now in the sixth month uh, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph uh, of the house of David, which is significant, by the way. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, come in the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favoured one, the Lord is with you, blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was goes on to say, Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. Right? So this is the, the core of the Christmas message. Okay? Jesus comes, born to a, a virgin woman called Mary. And then it goes on, the angel goes on and says this. He's speaking of the future and he says, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. 
And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Okay? He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there'll be no end. Now, the point I want to make here is that even at the beginning, right, even at the start of the Christmas story, you know, Luke chapter 1, right, we're right at the beginning, and the angel of God that speaks to Mary turns up and speaks about the future. Okay? The angel turns up and says, you're going to give birth to Jesus, and for a lot of us, we can often miss the fact that, hey, Christmas is about celebrating the birth, 100% it is, but we can't ever lose sight of the fact that even in the story of Christmas, even in the beginning, the, one of the first things that the angel of God does is that he speaks about the destination, okay? He speaks about the future that God has in mind. Uh, there's a, a famous book uh, written by a gentleman by the name of Stephen Covey. He was born in the 1930s. Uh, and his book was called the, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Right? Has anyone ever heard of that book? You might not have read it. Okay, a really well-known book. You know, the, the second point in his book, well, he's got seven points. Point number two, really critical, he says this. Begin with the end in mind. Right? Begin with the end in mind. And when we look at Christmas, right, we look at the story we look right throughout the Bible, the truth is that we see that everything that God did, He did with the end in mind. Okay, the the beginning of the Christmas story, angel turns up and says, hey, you're going to give birth to a son, it's going to be God, you'll call him Jesus, and this is going to be the end. This is going to be the result of what actually takes place, all right? So one of the interesting things about this is, What you believe about the end or the future will determine how you act in the present, okay? What what you believe about something and and what you believe about how it's going to work out will determine how you act in the present. Uh, My my wife and I have a a car, right? Um, We call her Maddie. And um, I don't really like Maddie that much. We, you know, I, I'm, she's okay. We have kind of like a bit of a love-hate relationship, you know. There's some things I love about her. Uh, I love her because she doesn't cost me anything. You know, I, I own her. I don't have to pay repayments on her. Um, it does everything that I needed to do, right? She gets me from A to B. She fits the stuff in. The pram goes in the back. Uh, they're the things that I like about Maddie. Um, there's some things I don't really like about her. Uh, she, she's kind of, she's frustrating, you know, she's, she's so noisy, really noisy, like, you know, the, I was driving the other day and the brakes are just so loud, I'm just like, oh, I hate you, um, I love you for getting me here in one piece and you're not costing me any money, but it's a real love-hate kind of relationship, right? But the truth is, the way that I treat her has everything to do with the future that we have together, Right? My, uh, <laughs> my son was in the car this week, and uh, so Maddie doesn't get a lot of love, all right? I'm just skipping to the end of the story about my car. Um, my car doesn't get a lot of love, and uh, my son was in the car this week. He's seven, and we were actually cooking a meal for someone that had a baby. I'm not going to tell you who it is, and uh, 
it was like pasta bake. It's really, it's really, it's a good dish actually. My wife's a good cook. Anyway, so he's sitting in the front seat of the car and he's holding the pasta bake and he's like looking at it and he's like, oh, what's this? It's really good. And something in his brain went, I wonder what the bottom of the container looks like. So he flipped the container over, the lid fell off and the pasta bake went everywhere in the car, all right? Now, luckily for someone that recently had a baby whose name I will not name, we also had a second meal already prepped in the kitchen and, uh, and we gave them meal number two. But there was like pasta all through my car. You know, and, and generally for a lot of you, that would be like that would be like a crime. You know, like you've got pasta all through the front seat; it's in the seatbelt pocket, and you know, son's covered in it. Uh, my wife actually sent me a photo. I was in a video conference, and my wife sent me a photo of my son, and I just immediately thought that he'd been sick in the car because I'm like, what other explanation can there be for being covered in pasta in the front seat of your car? I just didn't think that you'd turn the thing over. Anyway. And uh, so I rang her up. As soon as I got out, I'm like, is the little guy all right? Like, is he fine? I feel so bad that he's unwell. And she's like, no, he's fine. He just tipped the container upside down. Um, Anyway, so yesterday we had to go somewhere, uh, running some errands, you know, and we're like, we got to take the car. And Chelsea, what are we going to do? We got all the pasta out, but, you know, the seats are pretty bad. I'm like, just throw a towel down, you know, like, it's going to be all right. So love, hate. But the reality is, it all has to do with the future that I see for my car, right? I'm going to drive this thing into the ground. I have great, I, ha- I have like a vision in my head that it's going to die. Like one day, the mechanic's going to say to me, this car is stuffed. And I'm going to cheer. Um, I think what I, what I really want to do is I'm going to take it to the tip, right? And I'm just going to like, you know in the movies when they put like a brick on the accelerator and it drives off? I'm going to, I'm going to, get, I'm going to line it up with the pile of rubbish and I'm going to turn the car on, and I'm just going to like put something on the accelerator, and then walk away. Like that's that's what I'm going to do with this car, right? That's how much I love it. But the reality is, I only treat it that way because I see the future that it has, right? If I had a Mercedes and I was going to keep it and take my daughter to the formal in it and drive my son to his wedding in it, I would look after it a lot better, right? So everything that we do in life. Ultimately, how we act in the present is relative to what we see with it in the future, right? If I treated my marriage the same way that I treat my car, I would have a lot of problems in my marriage, right? Okay? Because I'm not going to throw it out in a few years' time and throw it on the scrap heap, right? I'm in this for good, and so I've got 60 years ahead of me. And so I have to treat it and I have to maintain it and I have to invest in it because I see a future for it. And what I see is a lot of people in life that don't have a vision, they don't have a future, and so they're trashing their life because they don't know that it's going to go anywhere. And in order for you to step into what God wants you to do in this season, you need to have a vision of where you're going to go, right? Um, Has anyone got sat-nav in their car? You know, you've got the little screen in the dash. My, my family car does definitely not have sat-nav, all right, just to be clear. Um, anyway, my work car does. One of the things I've noticed about my sat-nav, though, is if you don't put in a destination and you just drive around, it's just an arrow on a screen, right? It doesn't actually give you any intelligible information. Like, I'm never driving down Anzac Road and I look at the GPS and go, oh, how good's that? I'm driving down Anzac Road, you know? I never do that. But it becomes functional the moment that I put in a destination, right? In the same way, 
our lives as Christians become functional when we put in a destination. And that's why the angel turns up to Mary and says, you're going to have a son, his name's going to be Jesus, and then talks about the destination, okay? He says he's going to reign forever. And so in life, there's a lot of people running around with anxiety and a whole bunch of issues, feeling the pains of life, and they might know that, you know, Christmas is the time that we celebrate Jesus' birth, but they don't understand that Jesus died on the cross, that he came back to life, and that he's coming back to the earth at some time in their future. And so their life lacks purpose, it lacks vision, and so they wonder why they're in turmoil in the present, right? If you want an example of this, think about raising children. I struggle, actually I shouldn't say that, I I can see the struggle that people live in when they don't have a plan and a purpose for their children, okay? Because when you think about it, if you're just raising these, uh, these young people with no real plan of what's going to happen, with no real vision for their life, and your job is basically, I'm just going to keep these kids alive, uh, and hopefully they won't annoy me too much, your life is going to be painful because the, the process that you go through in raising kids is challenging, But if you don't have a vision for it, all you're going to get is grief, right? But the same situation, as soon as you attach a a vision, a plan, right, a future of these individuals that you're raising, all of a sudden it puts purpose into the challenges that you're facing in every day. Does that make sense? So all of a sudden, instead of going, oh, my kids just frustrate me, all of a sudden you have a plan and you go, yes, my kids can be frustrating, (laughs) All the parents said, amen, just quiet, Uh, all right? Yes, kids can be frustrating, but there is a purpose. We're here to train them, we're here to teach them, and we're here to try and steward what God is doing on the lives of these little people because one day they're going to go and do something. And so whatever situation you are in today, what I want you to go home with is understanding that God has a future, all right? God has a destination, right? It's in the Bible from Genesis through to Revelation. God has got a plan. And when you attach your life to what God is doing, you have a purpose for where you are. Okay? And so that's why, <laughs> that's why we're going to read Revelation on the 1st of December. That's why we're going to look at the story because I believe the Holy Spirit wants to meet some people this morning. And I believe the Holy Spirit, even as I'm speaking, is starting to give people Uh, ideas and visions and starting to give you words because he wants you to know that there is a future and what you're going through right now is not the end. Can I get an amen? Amen. So we're going to jump into it. Uh, Revelation chapter 20 verse 1. Okay, the spirit of Christmas future. If you're a visual person, you love reading the book of Revelation, right? And I want to I just want to give a quick preface to this before we read it. There was a whole generation of people in in the 70s in particular that started to read the Bible. If you've ever thought about this in the context of history, you'll realize that it takes a long time for people to catch on to things. You know, like it took us a few thousand years before we realized that actually everybody can read the Bible, right? That was a significant point. And so up to the 70s, people had started to actually read Revelation and go, oh, Jesus is coming back. Like, no one had ever pointed it out before then. They'd gone, this is actually really serious. And so books were written about the return of Jesus, and believers went through a a season 
going, listen, I'm not going to plan for the future because Jesus is going to come back imminently. And so a whole generation of believers in some places of the, of the world actually took this as a really negative connotation. I want to try and flip that around today and just let you know, Jesus is coming back, but it's not all going to be bad, okay? He's coming back and it's going to be good. And so the ending for you can be good if you choose so. And that's why we're going to look at this particular passage. But like I said, if you're a visual person, you love reading this book. Uh, But from verse 1 in chapter 20, it says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he was cast into the bottomless pit and shut him up, and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till a thousand years were finished. Can I get an amen? Just a side note. (laughs) I'm really getting, I just keep thinking while I'm up here. Sometimes we're really concerned about talking about Jesus, and we're equally concerned about talking about the devil, right? It's kind of like the name we don't want to say. I think as believers, it's really important that we can identify that the God is good, and devil is bad. If you've got a prophetic word that you want to speak over uh, a person, make sure that you identify that you're going to deliver the word of God and don't attribute some stuff that the devil's doing to God. Like, if you're a, if you've got something to say and, and there's, you know, there's natural disasters happening, okay, don't jump in there and say God's judging you. You know, God's judging the nation because, it, you know, you've done this and, and all of a sudden God sent fires. The only storm that Jesus stood in, he rebuked, right? So don't be afraid of these kind of passages that say the devil, because we're worried that he's got any power. He doesn't have any authority. It says very clearly in the Bible that his end is going to come. So let's not give him any glory for stuff and, and try and attribute anything that's going on with what God is doing. The fact is, Jesus died on the cross to defeat the devil and to defeat sin and sickness, and I will never embrace an eschatology that re-empowers a disempowered devil. Okay? Just some context for you. So, carrying on, it says, but after these things, he must be released for a little while. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus... And for the Word of God, key, key elements right there. The witness to Jesus and the Word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Okay? You will live and reign with Christ for a thousand years. And so I want to give you really briefly uh, two points to take out of this message this morning. Number one... You make it, okay? Just in case you're one of these people like me and you want to skip to the end of the book, uh, I'm just going to do it for you and just save you a bit of time. Uh, You make it, all right? doesn't matter what situation you're in. It doesn't matter what's what's going on right now. Uh, The truth is you make it, right? There might be some things in your life and you're believing it's going to happen this side of eternity and God, for some reason, might go, it's going to happen on the other side of eternity. Either way, it doesn't particularly matter because you're going to make it. And so whatever situation that you are in right now, uh, you're going to make it. (laughs) Are you hearing me this morning? You're going to make it. No matter how bad it looks, 
no matter how bad of a situation it may be, ultimately, you're going to make it. And I, I was thinking this week about significant people in history that have stood in a position, regardless of their circumstance, and say, I'm going to make it. You know, like the, the apostles had such passion to go and preach the gospel. Most of them were killed for their beliefs, and yet they celebrated and said, you know what, I'm going to make it. It may not happen this side of eternity, but I'm going to make it. You know, we, we can often look in life and think, what's going on? But the truth is, whether here or whether sometime in the future, you're going to make it. And so whatever situation that you're in, whatever it is that you are facing, right, God is with you. And it is going to turn out all right because we've gone to the end of the book and we know what happens. You reign in heaven with Christ for a thousand years. Actually, you'll reign on earth here with Christ for a thousand years, right? And so you're going to make it, all right? Number two, really simple, the devil's not, right? That's a good word for someone here this morning. You're going to make it. <laughs> the devil's not, Okay. The situation that you are in right now, you're going to make it, and he's not, okay? Uh, John 3, verse 16, probably one of the most famous verses in the Bible says this, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn, but that the world through him might be saved. <laughs> right? You know, the context of this verse in the middle of the Bible is there was a beginning with Jesus and there's an end coming with Jesus, right? And in the middle, <laughs> he says, hey, you don't have to do anything, but if you believe in your heart and make a confession with your lips, you step into the kingdom on that day, okay? It doesn't mean that everything is magically going to be fine, but on that day, you step into the kingdom and no matter what your situation is, right, he's coming back. <laughs> and whatever, whatever lie you may, have, you may have believed or whatever lie you may have heard, Jesus is coming back and it's going to be good, right? The Lord's Prayer is let your kingdom come, let your will be done, Right? And that's going to happen. He's coming back. And we're praying now that his kingdom would be established and that his will would be done. And so we can't have a belief in a good and loving God that is bringing his kingdom with him that somehow is going to turn out negatively for those that follow him. <laughs> this is the most positive revelation message you guys have ever heard, right? But he's a good God. He's a loving God, and He's coming back. And so whatever we are in right now, it's not the end. You're going to make it, and the devil's not. Okay? You're going to be fine. It's all going to work out good. And maybe it doesn't all work out this side of eternity, but even if it doesn't, He's coming back, and He's going to reign. <laughs> he's coming to bless you. He's coming to protect you. He's coming to honor you. He's coming to live with you. And so whatever situation right now we find ourselves in, as soon as we understand that there is a future, that there is a vision, right? That there is a purpose, all of a sudden it puts our current situation 
in context. Thank you for listening. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We encourage you to tell someone about your decision and pray and read the Bible every day. We also recommend attending a church in your local area. We have many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We are so excited to see you there.